On today's Monday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, we're going to start this week off right. We're going to get into the hmm. YouTube comments, diving to see what y'all talking about in that virtual street. We're going to hear from Brandon Cake Scott, our cousin back on the show, and much more here with the Locked On Texas podcast. Cody, start the week off right with that countdown. Are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Sports SportsGuy Hickman, joined by none other than Cody M. Davis of Sports Illustrated. You know how we do. For today's episode, we're going to talk about Texan Brandon K. Scott. That's going to be fun. But before we dive into that conversation, let's go ahead and hop into these YouTube comments. ISO YG. Now, this is on the episode where we talked about Brandon Cooks, and it was entitled Fading Out. Questions brewing about the future of Brandon Cooks. ISO YG, with a name like that, you better be good at point, uh, playing point guard or guard in basketball, <laughs> ISO. But uh, he commented that Nick Casario will help the franchise go in the right direction. Lovey understands football in Texas, and he knows we need winning football down here in Houston. We just need the right players to buy into the new regime. We need some guys who going to stand up and represent the team and the community with some loyalty. You know, I, I 100% agree. I do. Uh, I think that's what makes Lovey Smith as a head coach so dynamic at this time. When we, you know, if we take a look at all things football, not on the field here in Houston, Texas, right? They go hands in, hand in hand. And so uh, I think that what, what Lovey brings is the Texas football field which can be very suffocating, very inviting, very vigorating, very a lot of different adjectives that we could throw out there that will make playing for a coach like that, you know, your, your players are going to want to play for you. And I think that's very important hmm. when you look at what Lovey Smith brings for this franchise. Now, in terms of Nick Casario, helping this franchise go in the right direction, Cody, I will respond to that by saying, well, we damn sure going to see come two weeks from now. So uh, the NFL draft is very important for uh, Nick Casario and his coaching staff. Well, I say this about 100 times already. I'm going to repeat it again. Say what you want about the players Nick Casario brought in in terms of free agents. Say what you want about the players that he actually traded for. And about a handful of them only worked out in favor of the Houston Texans. But one thing that nobody cannot deny is the fact that Nick Casario did a damn good job drafting players last year. And, of course, we all know the story. The Texans had arguably, if not the worst, draft capital in 2021. And it probably came away with one of the best or at least the most promising draft class of 2021. However, on the flip side of things, when I take a look at Lovey Smith, John, I 100% agree with you. And that's why I am just a little bit concerned about Brian Flores adding the Houston Texans to that lawsuit because he mentioned on yesterday that 
because of his lawsuit against the NFL is part of the reason why the Texans were forced to hire Lovey Smith instead of, of course, their number one candidate everyone knew they was aiming for, Josh McCown. Why that might be true, <laughs> nobody cannot take away the background and the promise that Lovey Smith has brought to this organization as head coach. I want to continue with Geraldo Rios. I think he was a first-time commenter. I just recently seen uh, him subscribe. Shout out to Rios. Uh, this was on for the H recapping the Houston Texans uh, show. He mentioned that the online with the first pick take an edge or D lineman with the second pick. The second round pick take the best available running back to pair up with Mac. And I also heard that they could go defensive line heavy. That would be monster. My only response to that, Geraldo, is why take an offensive lineman with your first pick when that first pick, if it is an offensive lineman, it would have to be an offensive tackle because you're not going to draft one of those guards that early at three, but you also have Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard. And so I would say don't take – that offensive lineman with the third overall pick. Wait until later in the draft where you can feel some of that guard need just later on. Nobody's going to take a guard with a third overall pick right now. And so that's just my response to that. I don't know about that, John. Look, you you know me. I'm not for taking a lineman that high because I definitely believe that the Texans should go, if anything, defense defensive front, of course, anything in the secondary. But in terms of the number three overall pick, that means if they were to take an offensive lineman, that means it's going to be Evan Neal. And I just found out that Evan Neal actually played left guard during his time at Alabama. I can't remember if it was his freshman or sophomore season, and he did a damn good job. So if they were to take him, you put the Texans in a situation where you're going to give them another year to evaluate Titus Howard. You're going to give them another year to see whether or not you're going to continue this ma marriage with Laramie Tunsil. You already have a need at left guard. If you bring in Evan Neal, and he already said during his pro day that he can play both guard and tackle, uh, the Texans' offensive line is definitely going to take a step in the right direction. Yeah, here's my problem with that. They got to stop dra drafting players at positions that they've been working on and, and been very successful at just to move them around. Well, well, Neil Neil did, every year Neil did, yeah, but every year Neil, Neil did play a different position. If I'm not mistaken, I think he started at left guard, played right tackle, then left tackle, or vice versa. You know, so that's that, what I'm that's saying. Like, true. it's it's very interesting. That is very true, uh, no doubt about it. I'm still on the, on the side of you can address that corner position, you can address that defensive end position. You already have players that are at that tackle position that you can worry about filling out, maybe getting depth for the future or filling out that guard spot later in the NFL draft. Last one, Kevin Moten. Why doesn't Owen Daniels ever get the nod when it comes mm -hmm. to great Texan? Second best catcher in franchise history. Hold up. Oh wow! We stop you there, Kevin. He says second, so I guess he's stop you there. Wow! Uh, and listen, we can feel how we want to feel about the social media jabs, <laughs> the whole nine. 
DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> is arguably the best pass catcher in franchise history. Spent two years with zero drops or something along those lines. But I do think people do forget about Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels was one of the greatest players, is one of the greatest players, excuse me, in Texas franchise history. But I commented back and I said, well, people have short memory. And that's just what it is. So far, when you talk about tight end position with the Houston Texans, it's very rare people reminisce on the good old days, right? With Owen Daniels. The only thing that comes to mind is we need a tight end for now and the future. So Owen Daniels can get forgotten a lot of times, I think. Man, it's kind of hard to say the Houston Texans kind of forgot about Owen Daniels because they have been in search of the next Owen Daniels for how many years now? Let's say six or seven. And I mean, it just seems like every single year this is an organization that is starting a new tight end. I mean, just take a look at some of the names that they just had. Darren Fells, Jordan Akins, um, Ryan, you you, you got Jordan, Bre- Brevin Jordan. They, they started the in with Pharaoh Brown. Like, it, <laughs> that's a lot of guys that came in and out as this team starting tight end and that is a position that they have not had no type of stability since the departure of owen daniels now yes i do believe that he should be in the texans ring of honor but to say this man is the second best pass catcher of all time like what that's that's all feelings kevin you could debate third but second no i wouldn't even say you could debate third Cause I think I'm taking Brandon Cooks as a pass catcher over on Daniels. I think when you look at the franchise history, you go Andre, you go DeAndre, and then that's where the conversations start. Uh, because for a very you know good time here in Houston, and I don't believe that he had the longevity as a uh, on Daniels. But you got to look at Kevin Walters as well, who was a very solid number two receiver for the Houston Texans for a very long time. Uh, he spent between 2007 and 2012 with Houston, you know, and, and 800 yards, 900 yards, 611, 621, you know, and this was for a franchise, his best year coming in 08 with 900 yards, and eight touchdowns, averaging 15 yards per catch. This was a franchise that was in the early 2000s playing football, which primarily ran the ball. So Houston does have some great pass catchers. I think Owen Daniels definitely makes the case for top five. Well, come on, Kevin. Get out them fillers, man. Johnson and Hopkins are definitely 1A and 1B with one another. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues this season. By the way, did y'all see Tiger Woods kick it off? If y'all ain't see what I'm talking about, go on Twitter and search Tiger Woods. BetOnline is your source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game all right ladies and gentlemen we are back with this monday installment of locked on texans and as promised you see the guy and you're going to hear the voice mr brandon k scott from sports radio 16 brandon what's going on my man oh man not too much man just uh trying to fight this houston pollen uh, <laughs> and, and breathe some good air out here and uh and yeah and getting ready for this draft man 
Yeah, man. You know, first and foremost, Houston Rockets had their last game last oh, night, yeah. so we no longer on Rockets coverage, at least until we got to worry about their draft. But, you know, really quick shout out to Locked On Rockets. But now you at least have to switch your attention to the Houston Astros and the rest of the MLB because you are an MLB reporter for Bleacher Report, so your schedule do not <laughs> lighten up no kind of way. Ever. Um, But... Brandon, as you mentioned, NFL draft, we are what, about two and a half, three weeks away from the draft, which I already consider probably the most important draft in Texans history because we already know how this organization has been over the last 20 years. And I and I guess we could still say that it still does not make sense that they are in this position today, but it's the reality of the situation. Everybody's moving on. You, as always... Part of Sports Radio 610. I had an opportunity to listen to you. I don't know if that was last Thursday or last Friday, but um, you made a very interesting point that I want to get your um, your segment kicked off with. You you was talking about Kevon Thibodeau in that number three pick, and you said you know you 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 enamored by Sauce Garden and there's other players in the draft that you actually like, but with that number three pick, you would still take Kevon Thibodeau because you still consider him to be the best player in this draft. But as we all know, it seems like his stock is starting to fall, given his quote-unquote, I, I I guess, character issues that people are seeing. I don't know. So, Brandon, yeah. would you mind elaborate on that, please? Well, that's the problem, right? It's not really – it's not entirely clear what the beef is with Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, you hear them say that he uh, – his it's it, maybe his attention to the game and that maybe he doesn't love the game as much. Maybe he doesn't work hard – there are some evaluators that will say that he loafs or that he has loafed on plays in, in some of his more recent games, you know, since he uh, kind of burst onto the scene as a freshman, kind of, you know, once it, once it was established that he was a top player, he started kind of picking and choosing his battles a little bit. And I, I just, I honestly don't see as much of that, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I, and, and, and I'm not going to pretend to watch as much as, uh, of the tape as some of the evaluators who are saying this, but I mean, just when I look at the guy, I see an elite talent, a guy with an amazing first step and easily one of the top three players in this draft, if not the best player in the draft. Um, I certainly wouldn't uh, I wouldn't mind if the Texans. I, I would I would expect them to take a player like that at number three, honestly. Uh, and I've seen Mox even to this day, even with him with his stock dry, uh, dropping. I've still seen mocks that have him going number two and and Aiden like it was one mock I saw that had Aiden Hutchinson falling to the Texans at three because mm. they they had Evan Neal going number one to Jacksonville and and Detroit taking Kayvon Thibodeau which they could also be in the market for a quarterback too so uh, and so then Aiden Hutchinson falls to the Texans at number three and so. Uh, really, uh, like uh, the thing about the draft for me right now, Cody, is that there are just so many possibilities, endless possibilities. The fact that there's not like one guy or or like even a, a set of guys, a, a trio of guys. So you could say it's going to go one, two, three in some order like this. You don't even have that. You have no idea how this thing is going to play out. Um, and then you add to the fact that the Texans would like to probably uh, trade out of that number three pick and get more picks anyway. So it might be a, a a moot point at the end, but but yeah, I, I just don't understand how that guy went from being the consensus top one, two, three players in the draft to folks got him falling to eighth and and you know to the back end of the top ten. That part doesn't make sense for me. And as for the Texans, 
you know, they 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 got needs everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that if you get like say the it's the other scenario, they can get Aiden Hutchinson. That would be great. You know, if if it's Kayvon Thibodeau, you get a dude like that on the edge, they are missing that. They need that, especially in a defense where they don't blitz a lot. They're trying to bring pressure with four. And outside of Jonathan Grenard, they don't have a lot there in the end. And I and I think there are a couple of prospects in this draft that could be just as good, if not better, than Jonathan Grenard, to where he could be more mm. of a, even a rotational guy. Depending on how things shake out, you're probably not going to draft more than one edge rusher uh, that high. But th- I think it's just that talented, that deep of a draft where you could you could address multiple needs at once. And Kayvon Thibodeau, to me, is a no-brainer. Um, I think some people might be overthinking it a little bit. Hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau's stock is dropping, but he's still a top-10 pick. There's another guy stock that's rising, Malik Willis. And you know I was about to ask you that question because I think as a Texans family, from reporters to fans, we all have accepted the reality of the situation. We are ready to rebuild. But there's this one little topic that got people split down the middle. Is Are you a Davis Mills fan or do you think he doesn't have it and you ready for them to move on? Brandon, you also mentioned that you would be okay to see the Texans take a chance on Malik Willis and kind of create some kind of quarterback competition, some kind of quarterback battle here in the city of Houston. Why is that? And you know I'm part of your team, General Mills. Yeah, I, I, w- I will position it more like this because I think there are better players in the draft than Malik Willis that I would much rather have, just to be clear. Like I mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. I'd rather have him. I have rather have one of them corners, Sauce Gardner or Derek mm. Stanley. I'd rather have Kyle Hamilton. I'd rather have, and we're talking about maybe the second pick, the, the number 13 pick, but I'd rather have one of them six receivers that I think could be excellent uh, going forward. There's about five or six receivers that you could get in the first round of this draft. Mm-hmm. Pick of the litter. That could be excellent for you. So I, just to be clear, I'd much rather have those guys. But as it pertains to, to Malik Willis and this particular quarterback situation, I think that when you look at this draft, okay, there is not a team. The only teams in the top, let's call it 12 picks, the the, the picks before the Texans second pick, Mm -hmm. the only teams that I would argue are not, are for sure 100% not in the market for a quarterback are the Jaguars who pick ahead of the Texans anyway, number one overall, so that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And, And the Jets who whatever you think about zach wilson they they're they're gonna they're gonna go they're gonna go with that with the guy that they picked number two overall last year i don't think that they've lost faith in them nor that i think that they should have but with the texans i think you have an interesting scenario here where this could be this could be sort of like not exactly like what the washington then uh racial slurs but now commanders did uh when they drafted uh, Robert Griffin and, and Kirk Cousins, of course, in the same year. Mm-hmm. This would be back-to-back years. But it, I, I don't think that it's a bad idea when you don't have the quarterback position solved. And you can believe in Davis Mills all you want. What you cannot say is that the position is solved. We would mm-hmm. all agree, no matter how much you believe in him, you, you still need to see more. You still need to see it play out. He's still got a lot to prove. And so when you don't have the position solved, I don't think that you just stop trying. And if Malik Willis has potential, if his upside 
if you think, okay, if you're the evaluator and you think his upside is higher than higher than Davis Mills, and not just higher than Davis Mills, but that this could be your franchise quarterback, I don't think that Davis Mills is a good enough excuse or reason for you not to draft that guy. So this is not so much about me lobbying for them to, to draft Malik Willis because I think there are just so many other good players that they could get right there, not to mention the fact that they want to trade back anyway and that mm-hmm. they can get even more players, all right? So we're having we're having kind of a little bit of fun with this exercise, but I will say the whole thing about Malik Willis that will, uh, I guess, sort of haunt me is that if if the Texans were in a position to get him, and this is why I said I hope that the that the Lions just pick him at number two. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that. <laughs> like if they just if they just do that, we don't have to we don't have to sweat it. I don't have to do this unnecessary uh, mental gymnastics in my head. Uh, <laughs> Okay, now I'm comparing Davis Mills to Malik Willis for the rest of their careers because I'm mm-hmm. wondering, I'm right? I'm like, okay, did they pass on this guy either a because they misevaluated him, b uh, because they believed in Davis Mills more than they should have, or c both? You know, um, and so that that's that's sort of my concern because I do think that he has some elite traits and some things that are interesting about him. Like his, like give me give me Davis Mills' accuracy and ball placement and. And and the way he's been able to uh, develop in his rookie year and reading defenses and all of that, give me that, okay. I, I I definitely understand people maybe even believing in Davis Mills more than they believe in Malik Willis as a prospect. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you do, if you if you are sold on Malik Willis, if Pep Hamilton and uh, Nick Casario and like the the offensive minds in that building think that they can do something with that dude, um, I would hate for Davis Mills to be the reason why they don't try. Mm. last question before getting out of here you mentioned two of these guys and at the end of last week after his pro day at lsu it seems like there was a debate who should be the number one corner taken off the board is it Derek stingley or is it uh miles sauce gardner um we actually had fun with that conversation last week but brandon i would like your like your thoughts on that if you were in the draft room and nick cereals to say brandon stingley sauce <laughs> which way are you leaning yeah, man. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm leaning Stingley just because I've seen mm. more of him. Uh, but but Sauce, man, I I wouldn't be mad at Sauce either. Here's the thing that I feel like is interesting, and I know we're we're keeping this to to the cornerbacks, but you know, I just wonder how like because there's the, the positional depth here. I was mentioning wide receiver earlier. You know, there are a few cornerbacks that you can get. You know, there are obviously uh, several linemen on both sides of the ball that you could get. I'm just really interested in how all of the dominoes fall, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, I, I don't think, you know, like obviously at number three, they would be able to like if that's the decision that they're making at number three, then for sure. That's a question. But like once you get further into the draft, you know, one of those guys, you know, I've, I've seen mocks that have uh that have these guys falling all the way out of the top or to the back end of the top 10, maybe into the top 15, depending on how it shakes. You know, there's one with Kyle Hamilton, who some people believe is the best player in this draft. And I think he's certainly in the conversation for that, um, him dropping all the way down uh, out of the top 15. So, like, I'm just really interested to see how all of that shakes out. I would go with Stingley. I think he's the better all-around player. Uh, but, but certainly if that's – if that's the if that's the problem, I'll find that to be one of them good problems. If you if you know what I mean, like if that's if that's what you're picking between, um, I, I honestly like both of their chances to be really good cornerbacks in this league. This is the time of year where a lot of people may have pretty much given up on their New Year resolutions, but 
I definitely have a way to make things easier, uh, especially in terms of sticking to your resolutions of eating healthier thanks to Built Bar. It's almost like it's not even really a resolution anymore. It becomes a part of your daily lifestyle. And have you tried, the fans of the Built Bar and people who need to hop on this train, have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't tried the Puffs, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not even a protein bar. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and it's covered, just like every other Bill Bar, in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some of the most incredible flavors, the cinnamon churi, uh, cinnamon churio, the coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All of those flavors are testing through the roof. And again, all of the Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Bill.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most of the Bill Bar contains 130 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually carries around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, a dozen of net carbs. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with this latest installment of Locked On Texans. Mr. Brandon K. Scott here for his weekly visit. Brandon, last segment, we talked a lot about the draft and how the Houston Texans can actually trend in the right direction. But last week, the biggest news surrounding the Texans was their ability to bring back Brandon Cooks, especially given that the week before we started hearing all these trade rumors that the Texans could depart from him for like a second round pick. But when you take a look at this relationship with Brandon Cooks, especially we all know the last what year and a half to two years, so many talented players have walked out that door for 6'10 and Kirby. Rather, they was forced out or they just playing or just wanted out. For the Texans to keep Brandon Cooks, is it safe to say that this organization is finally trending in the right direction? Because not only do you have Brandon Cooks staying, but you also have Laramie Tunsil reworking their relationship and him staying as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the Laramie Tunsil thing might be a little bit more noteworthy to your point than necessarily Brandon Cooks, because let's keep in mind, Brandon Cooks was brought in by this regime. He is a Jack mm-hmm. to be guy to start with going back to their days in New England. And uh, to his credit, like Brandon Cooks has been excellent consistently throughout his career. He is a, he is a, a, an excellent pro. Um, I, I don't even like to get into the semantics of whether he's a number one or a number two or like, like what, like he is an excellent football player who would fit in. Brandon cooks has a place on any and all 32 teams in the NFL. Let's just put it to you that way. No matter if you want to make him your top receiver, second receiver, third receiver, the locker room guy, the guy, he can do whatever you ask him to do and will do whatever you ask him to do. So I think that's really the important thing about signing Brandon cooks 
Uh, and, and again, he was a guy who they had a relationship with, or at least who Jack used to be had a relationship with prior to getting here. I think honestly, Cody, the the more important point about signing Brandon Cooks, or it, just the reason why it was important to maybe not trade him un, un, unless there was some type of astute plan to replace him. Because here's the thing. None of us would argue that the Texans have a super talented wide receiving core, right? We're not going to know. Is, is there anybody making that case? I don't think so, right? And just the fact that Brandon Cooks is by far, in a way, their best receiver, I think, says a lot. And then again, I just said all these nice things about Brandon Cooks, but he probably shouldn't be your best receiver by far, in a way. You know, like if, if he's going to be your best receiver, your second best receiver probably should be somewhere comparable to him, right? You know, like you shouldn't he shouldn't be far away your best guy. So that to me speaks to the the dire need there at that position to where if you trade him, OK, who are you replacing him with? And, and that's a question that's relevant no matter where you are in your rebuild, no matter how many games you're expecting to win. Honestly, no matter who your quarterback is, like if you, you know, even if you don't believe in Davis Mills, if you do believe in Davis Mills, if you want what's best for Davis Mills, like no matter what your perspective is on it, you cannot have a a receiver who, when push come to shove, you can just you can't just throw it in and know that he's going to catch it. Like like everybody's got to every team's got to have that guy, like that that reliable target. And Brandon Cooks for the last and certainly last year. Um, is is that is that guy like who there's there's no one else on the team right now who you feel like is that level of reliable and if you trade him okay that means now you're drafting a guy who you're hoping can be that guy or you're saying okay nico collins now it's time for you in year two to be that guy you know i don't think you think chris conley is that guy or any, any other veterans are going to be that guy right so like it, it's a it would have been one of those things where you don't really have a solution and like what the hell is wrong with having Brandon Cooks on the team? Like, what? That's what. That's the part that I don't understand. Like, people are complaining about. Like, out of all the things to complain about about this football team, all the players, management, coaching, decision making, like everything. <laughs> if there's anything not to complain about, to be, it would be Brandon Cooks. He's he's got no holes in his game. Doesn't talk, uh, you know, doesn't talk crap about anybody. Like he's just goes in, goes about his business. Like I don't get that. Um, and then Larry McTunsil, you know, for me, what Larry, the the Larry McTunsil signed did, it surprised me. First of all, I just want to say that I thought, you know, that this relationship was over with. Okay, that's that was just me, and that hadn't been me talking to anybody necessarily. That was just me kind of reading the tea leaves and like kind of just looking at what the writing on the wall seemed to be. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they, that they did do that actually did surprise me. Um, but it's encouraging because I feel like if they play their cards right and try to, you know, try to get competitive in these next couple of years, like they can have their bookend tackles, like pick up Titus's fifth year option, put them over back at right tackle. You already got Laramie at left tackle. You got tackles. You got them. Where you weak at on the offensive line is a, is a guard. And, and there's some questions there at center too, you know, with, with just a Brit, uh, his age and wear and tear and all of that, like, you know, those are the places where you really need to upgrade. So that was to me why whenever I look at these mock drafts, Cody and see, 
Iki Aquanu or Evan Neal, and I'm like, yeah, I think those guys are gonna be great, but rolling my eyes because we already got those. Like, if there's any, exactly, if there's any argument or position to need, which I'm not even a, a I'm a best player available guy, right? Mm-hmm. But but if there's any argument for position to need for with the Texans, they don't need no tackles, man. <laughs> at least at least not that high. I mean, they don't need no tackles at all, man, because they got they got Laramie, Titus Howard, and then Charlie Hex, your swing tackle. Charlie Hick ain't great, but if that's your swing tackle, you know, and they've been doing pretty good at swing to have Roger Johnson before that. Jerron Christian last year uh, was out there. Look, I'm good with tackles, you know, but, you know, this 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 Larry Tussle thing, I think solidified that they can go out there and go get some defensive players and playmakers uh, high, in the, uh, high in the draft. Speaking of playmakers, um, I think their biggest free agency signing might be the fact that they brought in running back Marlon Mack. Mm. And we know how terrible this run game was. And I don't know about you, Brandon, but I do believe Marlon Mack will help out this run game a lot. It seems like his career was trending on the right direction before he tore his Achilles, I think, um, during the 2019 or 20 season. I can't remember which one. I think it was more so 20. But, you know, the fact the Texans brought in um, Marlon Mack, and it seems like he's going to be the lead back where do you think the Texans should go after a running back in this year's draft do you still think it should be within the top three rounds or do you think because they have Marlon Mack maybe you go out and explore the market again maybe after the draft later on in the draft or doing um the free agency signing you know trying to get those running backs who did not get picked up no I pardon me for that no, I, I think that you can get uh, – I think you can get a really good running back at the top of the second round, and I'm still wanting to do that. Like, I don't think Mar- – Marlon Mack helps you for this year. Okay. And maybe, and maybe you know, next year and further into the future, but I think that you still need to get – like, to me, if it's Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, I still got a problem. And, you know, and, of course, you know, Scotty Phillips is there. and But, like, if that's going to be your, your top two backs, Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, and you're telling me that that's what we're going to do, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of underwhelmed by that. And, and I like Brees Hall as a prospect. I think that that can be your running back for the next couple of years. Who knows how long these guys are going to last, you know, like Marlon Mack with the Achilles thing, you know, my fear is, and and look, you can argue that last year he ended up losing his playing time. And and I think he wanted to be traded or really like he wanted to get Mm -hmm. out of there because obviously Jonathan Taylor, um and, and you know and the King Hines like they they had their running backs at that point, but. which is understandable for Taylor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, Taylor, Taylor might be the best running back in the league right now, like mm-hmm. he's or top at least top three, top five running back in the league right now. So when you consider that, like, okay, you makes you wonder: is it because did he just lose his job to some somebody that's just a a superior player who's obviously just a superior player, or like? How much is this? That's what I'll be interested to see once we get to training camp, right, Cody? It's like, okay, how much of this Achilles thing is affecting his burst and like his ability, uh, his ability to hit the hole like the way you know the way you would expect him to as your as your lead back, and you know, and the questions of how much he has left. Like, could it be one of those things where, you know, we've seen these guys who have just like that one year, like 2019. I'm pretty sure was that year was the year where he was like really really good. And like running backs have this, you know, we've, we've seen it. We just we just have one here. And David Johnson, you know, who had 
one amazing year in 2016. I remember that that he was re- he was excellent in 2016. Has never looked like that again, you know. And this happens with running backs. Uh, I, re- I can remember uh, the some of the earlier Texan days with with guys like Steve Slayton, you know, who hmm. had like a, like a one year. Uh, either it was 08 or I think it was like <laughs> this happens with running backs where they pop for that one year and an in- injury sets them back. The mileage sets them back, or they just never able to regain that form. Um, I'm rooting for, obviously, rooting for Marlon Mack to be excellent, mm-hmm. um, and, and hopefully he is. But I think even independent of that, if you can get, you know, if you can get Hall, you know, in the, in the you know, if you can get a Brees Hall or somebody like that at the top of the second round, I think you jump at that chance. Mm. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media and with the NFL draft coming up? And I think this is, what, the first set of off-season workouts that's going to be going on off of 610 and Kirby. I don't know about you, but I will be there. Are, are you going to be there? Oh, yeah, man. I, I can't <laughs> wait. I will I will for sure be there. I'm um, excited about it. Yeah, this, this week we're going to get a, a chance to take a look. Uh, or at least hear from, for sure, mm-hmm. hear, at least hear from, I'll say, uh, from Lovey Smith and, and a select number of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always good. Um, it doesn't seem like that long ago, honestly, Cody, when we were doing those exit interviews, uh, maybe because of how, uh, you know, how much, how busy the, the offseason has been. But, mm-hmm. man, I'm excited about that, you know, talk to some of these players, see what, uh, you know, see what their offseason has been like. And, you know, also how do they, how do they consume this draft? this draft period, do they, you know, do they pay attention to it? I mean, it, it affects their team, especially when you're on a team like this, you know, this mm-hmm. is not, you know, this is not the, uh, you know, this is not the, 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 the Los Angeles Rams, you know what I mean? Like this is a team that, you know, I think a lot of what your season is going to look like is going to depend on what y'all do in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'd be interested to know, what some of the things are they might have to say about that or how they might be uh consuming that so yeah man it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good time y'all can follow me at brandon k scott follow sports radio 610 at sports radio 610 we will uh be doing all kinds of articles podcast segments um obviously on air um i think sometime later this month it might be the 24th i think or the 23rd whichever friday closest to that friday is i'll be on with uh we're on the show hugely you know, and for Clint Sterner. Which, so. by the way, anytime show and Brandon get together, it is the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Which, yeah. that is my favorite show on Sports Radio 610, by the way. I love Ron the Show, Hughley, and um, Clint Sterner. It, it's so funny. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We have a good time. And and one thing that they've been doing, I, yeah, I should mention this, too, now that you, since you said that, is that every Friday they are doing what we call a bullets and bugs tour, which is basically just crawfish and beer, mm-hmm. um, beer and crawfish. And so it's a different location every week, every Friday. And we invite uh, all people, uh, all Texans fans and listeners to come check us out and come hang out. Um, even if you don't like what they talking about, if y'all just want to come chop it up and kick it and drink some beer and, and eat crawfish, you know, we're doing that every week. So follow sports radio 610 to, to kind of keep up with where that's going to be at. But uh, Clint Stern and the show doing that. And uh, and I'm around for that, too. <laughs> and as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And for my John, for my co-host, John, some sports guy Hickman, you can follow him at John underscore Hickman 12. 
Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.